Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. Today we're in a series called how not to be a jerk, lessons from quarantine. Um, how not to be a jerk, lessons from quarantine. And last week, I did not realize my Lego illustration was gonna cause so much anxiety once I poured all the Legos out. You guys were like, oh my gosh, I couldn't focus. Um, um, and you were like, and you were stepping all over them, and it was just like I couldn't, I, I just couldn't, right? Um, so I'm gonna try to do more stuff like that that messes with you. Um, that absolutely messes with your mind, but that illustration may come back uh, into play a little later in the series. Uh, but today I want to talk to you as we, as we get diving in deep uh, into how not to be a jerk lessons from quarantine. I want to talk to you about how, and we hit this a little bit last week, we talked more about how to deal with the unexpected, but how do you deal with life when you get frustrated, um, when you get irritated, when you get irked, when you get ticked, there's a lot of adjectives that I can't use today, but um, when, when you are frustrated, you're mad, because one thing I learned is during this whole quarantine time, uh, we were stuck with one another, right? And, and that sounds bad, but I think space is good for any relationship, um, especially if you have kids and your kids need space from you and you need space from your kids and even spouses. It's nice to have a breather between one another. And I didn't know I was so irritating until quarantine. I was like, wow, you know, like people would just be like, my, my people, my family would be like, Can, I need you to stop now, dad. I need you to like back up, calm down. Um, and I found out being extra isn't good. That's not a good thing. Um, you're being extra is like, well, that sounds great. I want extra. No, no, um, that's not a good thing I found out. So, um, and it wasn't just me irritating others. I was getting irritated, if I was to be honest. And probably the biggest thing that irritated with me was, and I did talk about this, but, but all the trips I had planned to go on that got canceled, like all the vacations, all the different trips. I was supposed to go to Kenya, and we were supposed to be there to, to open another church, you know, and I'm just like, ah, so much frustration. And I remember talking to one of our, our church members that is in first service, Stephen and Karen Frank, and they had a bucket list trip. Um, and they, they went on it and they went all the way to Australia. Catch this. They go all the way to Australia. And when they land in Australia, all the stuff starts, all, everybody starts closing their borders, right? You guys remember this. Like they start shutting down, like you can't get a flight back to America. And so they are there for 24 hours and they have to get back on an airplane 
and come back home because they can't be quarantined in Australia and stuck there because they've got, you know, things to do here and a business to run. And so they get back. And and I'm just going to be really, really honest. If that's me, um, I'm not coming back into public view for probably a good month because I'm so mad and hot and aggravated and frustrated. I'm like, why God? You know, like I would be, even if I'm flying first class, I would still be like, first class, this sucks. Like I'd just be like, this is the worst. I'm on a plane. I mean, you're on a plane for forever. And you, anyways, so they handled it great. I would not handle it so well. I would be irritated. I would be frustrated. I would be ticked. I would be mad. And in that process of feeling that ding, 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 there's a little thing that happens. I have, and what I would have to probably bet you have, a tendency to become just a little bit of a jerk, right? Like maybe not full-on jerk. There's levels of jerks, right? But maybe not full-on jerk. But I have a tendency to let my anger, to let my frustration turn into anger, and I become a jerk. So today, I want to talk to you about fizz prevention, fizz prevention, and I think there is a lesson that you and I can learn from a two-liter of Coke, something that you and I see all the time that I think there's some simple applications that you and I can learn from this bottle today. Um, but before we do that, I want to give you a couple of my favorite quotes. And uh, so that if you have been tuning out, you may want to tune in because these quotes are fantastic, especially the first one. It says this, uh, try to manage your anger since people can't manage their stupidity. Um, if you don't know how to handle life, um, and you're just like, why? Did, when do people get this stupid? They've been that stupid forever, right? Like, so try to manage your anger since people can't manage their stupidity. But I really like this one a lot. It says, anger doesn't solve anything. It builds nothing, but it can destroy everything. And I love this, this quote because it's true. And there's a lot of us that it's, it's not a problem to get frustrated. It's not a problem to get irritated. Even the Bible talks about, and we'll get to it a little bit later, you're going to get angry, but it's the reaction we have to the frustration, the irritation, the being ticked off, the anger that leads to the problems. And, and here's what I know to be true, is that if you and I don't manage our anger, our anger will manage us. If you don't learn how to manage your anger, your anger will manage you. So today our text is going to be found in 1 Kings chapter 12, and it's about a guy named Rehoboam. Rehoboam is the first, well, the first son to take over, not necessarily his first biological son, but the first son to take over as king for Solomon. We know King Solomon, he's the wisest man to ever live. He was David's son, and King Solomon uh, has, has passed away. And Rehoboam is, this is his first day as king that we're picking up with. This is his, and sometimes I think you can learn a lot of what to do from people that did it completely wrong, that had a car wreck, right? You're like, okay, that's what you don't do. And so this is kind of one of those moments. Here's what not to do. Here's how not to conduct yourself. First Kings chapter 12, verse one says this, Rehoboam went to Shechem where all Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of this, he returned from Egypt 
for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. The leaders of Israel summoned him, and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Then we will be your loyal subjects. This is like, to me, when I'm reading it, I'm like, this is like the first ever Boston Tea Party, right? Like, they're just like, hey, Cut it out. Cut it out with the taxes. So verse 5, Rehoboam replied, give me three days to think this over, then come back for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice, he asked, and how should I answer these people? And the counselors replied, if you're willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. First down the job, okay? So here's what happens. He goes, he asks his father's, King Solomon's advisors, you know, what say you? And then he doesn't like their advice, and he goes to his buddies, right? And his buddies tell him some different advice that we pick up with in verse 12. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision just as the king had ordered. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people For he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger advisors. He told the people, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. This is like the first ever WWE moment. Like, you know, what you gonna do, brother, when, when Hulkamania runs wild on you? And he's ripping his shirt like the scorpions are coming. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, what in the world is happening? So, and this, this verse is so key. So the king paid no attention to the people. And when all Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded, down with the dynasty of David. We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own house, O David. And here's what happened, verse 19. And to this day, the northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled by a descendant of David. I don't know how bad of a first day you've ever had on a new job, but this is up there, right? This is like a bad first moment as king. And here's what happens, and here's what occurs that Rehoboam shows us is that he paid no attention to the people. He he ignored the people. He ignored the the feelings. He ignored the pressure. And it brings us, if you and I aren't going to be a jerk, when Rehoboam's not happy that people have come and asked this, why are you asking me of this? My father just passed away. You know, you wouldn't have asked my my father for this permission, but you're going to come in and take advantage of me. And Rehoboam's mad. Rehoboam's angry. And he has the wrong response. And Rehoboam becomes a jerk in the middle of things, getting ready to fall apart. He shows us something that you and I have got to, got to, got to, got to do if we're not going to become a jerk when we're frustrated, when we're aggravated, when we're angry. And it's simply this. You got to pay attention to the tension. You got to pay attention to the tension. Rehoboam didn't pay any attention to the tension. 
There were, there was, he, wasn't, he wasn't paying any attention to the pressure that was mounting. Now, now most of us know, well, all of us know, let's be honest. Um, as I shake this right now, if, this, if you've got this and it rolls in your car and you're coming home from the grocery store, you know, and you're like, oh, dadgummit, you know, my, my Coke rolled over, there is all of a sudden pressure, right? There is tension. And what you and I know, you know this right now. You know there's tension, and because you don't want a mess, you've paid attention to the tension because you don't want the fallout that comes with the mess, right? You, you, and so if I get up here and I'm like ready to do, you're like, don't, no, 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 this is a horrible illustration right now, Justin. Don't do it. Why? Because you just paid attention to the tension. And, and let me say this. There's going to be moments in any marriage. There's going to be moments with any parent-to-kid relationship and kid-to-parent relationship. Whether your parents grown and your kids are grown or whether your kids are small and parents were still trying to figure this out. There's going to be tension in any of those relationships. There's going to be tension with the boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. There's going to be tension with roommates. There's going to be tension at the workplace. There's going to be tension in life. And if you and I aren't going to make a mess, right, if there's not going to be a mess that you and I make, we pay attention to the tension. But Rehoboam said this, so the king paid no attention to the people. Right? He, so as a result of not paying attention to the tension, there was dissension. I'm going to rhyme all day, by the way. You're going to think I'm like Dr. Seuss after this sermon. I'm like, oh, that rhymes, that rhymes, that rhymes. Um, so there was dissension because Rehoboam paid no attention to the tension. There was fallout that happened. And the same is true for you and for me. There's always a price to pay when you and I don't pay attention to the tension that is building in our relationships. We just think it's going to magically disappear. It's magically going to go away, but that's not what happens. Check out Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18. It says, a hot-tempered person starts fights. A cool-tempered person stops them. Here's what I love about this verse. Is it's saying this. If you're starting fights more than you're stopping them, you're not paying attention to the tension. Right? You're letting frustration and irritation and anger get the best of you. But if you're owning and if you are not being a jerk with the frustration and the irritation, and let's just be honest, it, our, our society is really frustrated, and there is a lot of tension right now in our culture. And, and our job isn't to go in and start all the fights and be like, boom, watch this, everybody, wow! You know, that's, that's not our job. Our job is to be wise and be a cool person that stops them. Proverbs 15, 18 out of the CEV, I love the way it reads. It says, losing your temper causes a lot of trouble. But staying calm settles arguments. And here's what I've realized about me. And what's going to be true if you're not there yet, just keep living a little bit because it's coming your way. Is that I am not at a place where I have an option to keep making messes. Right? I'm not at a place where I have the luxury 
to keep making messes and keep seeing things blow up because of the way that I have reacted. But if I'm not going to be, uh, if I'm not just going to respond, if I'm not just going to be reactional, but I'm intentional instead of reactional. See, I told you. Um, if I'm being intentional instead of reactional, then I'm going to think before I say something. I'm going to be very purposeful in what I am doing. And here's what I would tell you about pay attention to the tension. That is, if you care, you'll be aware. If you care... You'll be aware. Dr. Seussisms. If you care, you'll be aware. I got a truck about a year and a half ago, and my truck, I, I love my truck. I love, I love it. Um, and my kids know that when they get in, there's no eating in my truck. Like, you can drink water, but that's it. You're not, you're not bringing this in and being like, hey, Dad, can I drink? No, I promise you that is not going to happen in my truck. And when their friends get into my car... When my friend, when their friends, dear mercy, um, when their friends get into my car, if they bring in a Coke, I'm like, hey, no, no. And it may be the, oh, that's not cool. I don't care. This is my truck. I am aware of the messes that are maybe going to happen, that could happen. You're not eating goldfish ever again in my truck. Thank God you're old enough. You're in mid-high and high school. Goldfish no longer belong in my truck. Praise his name forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I'm just, I, yes, I hate goldfish to this day because of all the crumbs. I'm like, can't they just wait till they get home for a snack? I'm like, geez. Anyways, um, I care, and I'm aware because I care. And moms, it's not just dads that are this way. In fact, I have my teenage daughter, my, my oldest one, Charlie, she's driving now. She's 15 and a half. We bought her a car because she can't drive my truck because uh, I care. Um, and so um, and I'm aware. I'm like, oh, you know, um, not worried about her killing us. I'm like, you're going to scratch it. Um, so we bought her a car. And what's funny is she's like, well, I can't, I can't drink that shake. I can't drink my protein shake right now because I have to drive and I don't want to mess. Why does she care all of a sudden, right? Because she didn't, she didn't care at all when it was my car. She's aware of it because she cares about it. And some of us, we care more about our cars and the messes in our house and all that is going on than we do about our relationships. And the simple truth is this. If you and I care about the relationship, if we care about the spouse, if we care about the friendship, then we're going to be aware of the tension that happens. And hear me, man, tension happens. It, there's tension that's going to be in any marriage, in any kid relationship, with your friends, with your roommates. Man, there'll be tension on a vacation, Right? And if you care about that relationship, you will be aware so you know how to conduct yourself so that you don't become reactional, but you become intentional in those moments. So what do we do? Right? Because it's one thing to learn that there's tension. But what do we do when we know there's sin, when we've paid attention to the tension and we're aware and it's really awkward at home right now because it's just the two of us and I'm like, ugh, just yelled at her, right? Like, what do you do now that you have messed up and there is tension and frustration has gotten the best of you? How do you not become a jerk? And the thing that I'm getting ready to share with you today is one of the most basic fundamental things of life. And some of you are going to be like, well, yeah, duh. But what I have found out, it's a, it is the basic fundamental things that we get away from. 
And it's the basic fundamental things that if we will really lay the foundation of life and our relationships on, it can transform it. So how do you not be a jerk when there's tension present? As you understand, delay is a great remedy. Delay is a great remedy. When this bottle of Coke gets shook up, you don't go and open it right away. You, you, you know better. I know better. Because you got to let it die down a little bit. Like, let, the, let all the pressure and the fizz and the craziness die down a little bit. Because you know what's going to happen if you go and you just pop that top. It's just going to everywhere, right? You understand that time is on your side. Time is your friend instead of your enemy. And when there is pressure in a relationship, in a situation with feelings, with emotions, with you, with other people... Man, you understand delay is a great remedy to pressure. And it's not just that we're delaying and we're just taking time and we're not, we're taking our time when we're irritated with others. But if we care, hear me, it's not just that we're getting irritated with others. It is at some point, crazy it may seem, people are getting irritated with you. What? And you're aware of that. You don't just dive in, Right? You're like, hey, what, what, what am I doing this bugging you? Come on, let's talk about this, girl. Like, no, 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 no. That's not a great delay is a great remedy. Proverbs 15, 28, the righteous heart reflects before answering, but the wicked mouth blurts out evil. Right? The wicked mouth blurts it out. The righteous heart reflects before answering. Do you take delay before you say? Do you delay it before you say it? Are you taking time because time equals delay, reflecting equals delay, reflecting equals taking time? Are you taking time to respond and to react or are you just firing from the hip, right? This is what this says. But the wicked mouth blurts out evil. You've seen this. I've seen this. You've done this. I've done this. You're just like, blah, right? You're just like, oh, there's no reflecting. I just let it fly, baby. And what happens? You've got a mess that you now have to clean up. And I want you to understand what I am not saying. Some of you are like, oh, I got this down. Like, delay is a great remedy. We never talk about anything. Like, I delay the mess out of that, right? Watch this delay, and you just shut it down. What's wrong? Nothing. What's wrong? Nothing. What's wrong? Week later, what's wrong? Nothing, right? Like, you're, oh, I'm just delaying. I'm just not, I am not saying that you don't communicate and you don't talk about it because the simple truth is this. Suppress and repress leads to regress, right? Suppress and repress. Suppressing it, like, like storing it up and repressing it, denying it, leads to you and your relationship going backwards. It happens. And so you got to understand, this isn't about you storing it up so that there's that moment the dog walked on your flowers in the flower bed, and now you're taking it out on the dog. You stupid dog. You know you're not... <laughs> You're not suppressed. You haven't stored it up. You're not denied. Well, that didn't hurt. No, we didn't. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not. That doesn't solve anything. That makes your relationship go backwards. That you're not storing up and you're not denying aggravation and frustration. 
but that you're taking time, you're delaying before you respond. You're allowing your emotions, you're allowing the tension to die down. Two ways that delay, that we can delay ourselves. First one is this, understand just because you think it doesn't mean you should speak it. Just because you think it doesn't mean you should speak it. Proverbs 21, 23, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Man, I wish I knew that verse when I was in like teenage years. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut. And when I was first married and last week, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. I love this quote. It says, speak when you're angry and you will make the best speech you will ever regret. Speak when you're angry and you'll make the best speech you'll ever regret. And you know this, you've done this. You fire from the hip, you let it go, and and you think something, and and you're in this argument, right? Frustrations are high, there's irritation that's high, the tension's high, the pressure's high, and and they say something, and you're like, bam, it hits your mind, and you're like, I got them, I got, this is the nail in the coffin of the argument, and you can't hold it back, right? You think it, so you speak it, and you may be right, but you're wrong in your attitude, You may be right, but you just lost the relationship. You might be right, but you just forfeited the circumstance and bringing a healthy resolve to a disagreement and really easing the, just because you think it doesn't mean you should speak it. Proverbs chapter 15, verse one, and if you've never read Proverbs 15, I would encourage you to do that this week. It says this, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Proverbs 29, 11. I love the way the good news translation reads. It says, stupid people express their anger openly, but sensible people are patient and hold it back. Here's what you know, what I know. It would be stupid right now for me to open this up. And some of you are like, he's gonna do it, right? Like you're thinking... Yeah, I may do it third service. I don't want to be sticky in second. Um, so um, it would be real, because you know what's going to happen, right? And, and here's, here's the deal. I have every right, Brandon, to drink this. I bought it, right? This is mine. I got the right. You can't tell me what to drink and what I, when I can and when I can't. But I want to drink this Coke right now, you know. Um, I'll do it. And, and, and you can sit there and say, hey, but you know this is not the time to drink or to partake or to open this bottle up. And some of you, this is where we get ourselves in trouble. Why? Well, I have a right to respond. I have a right to stand up for myself. Nobody's saying you shouldn't stand up for yourself, but you better stand up for yourself in the right attitude, in the right motive, and in the right timing. Because I know And you know, if you just crank it, that's being stupid. I didn't say it, the Bible did, right? That's being foolish. And what's going to happen is one of us are going to post, and one of us is going to say something, and people's feelings are going to get hurt. Why? Because we're firing like this. Boo, 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 boo. I got something for you. I got something for you. I got something for you. And you think it, and you speak it, and just because you think it doesn't mean you should speak it. And feelings get hurt, and you're like, what, what? You know, I just, I just, I just thought, said what I was thinking, and you're going to wonder, what did I do wrong? And what you did wrong is simply this. You opened the bottle. You opened 
the bottle. Just because you think it doesn't mean you should speak it. The second thing is this, is you've got to learn to work it out before you take it out. You've got to work it out before you, you've got to work out the frustration, you've got to work out the aggravation, you've got to work out the emotions before you take out the frustration out on someone. Before you take out your anger on someone. I love what Andy Stanley said. He says, a lack of self-control equals no control. And what do all of us want? Control. And what do we find ourselves in? In situations, for a lot of us, the last few months when we were in quarantine, we had no control. We had no control over that. You at home, some of you are like, I'm dying. I have a compromised immune system, and it's not that I'm literally dying. I'm dying, though, on the inside every day that I had to stay home. And you have no control over your situation, over the circumstances. And there's going to be moments and there's going to be times that you have a trip to Australia, and you're there for 24 hours, and you just got to get back on the plane and come up. You don't have control over that that are frustrating, that are aggravating, that make you angry. Why you don't have control over the situations, you do have control or you should have control over yourself in those situations. That's what gives you a level of control. And this isn't about control yourself. This is a spiritual thing that Paul talks about when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And part of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. That means the way we speak, the way we conduct ourselves, the way we act, the way we react, is that there's self-control involved. And, and, and some of us are like, well, you know, that's just one of the fruits of the Spirit. But hear me, the, I've said this several times, the fruit of the Spirit is a singular fruit. It's not fruits like, oh, there's a love tree and a joy tree and a peace tree. I'll take that. But patience and self-control, you're the prune tree, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not coming anywhere near those because that's nasty. No, no, no. It's all self-contained. And you and I are called to have self-control because you gain control when you have self-control. That looks like this. There's pressure. There's tension. It's been built up. What, what do you do? How do you get rid You learn to be a cap worker, right? Some of you men out there, you have a master's degree in how to handle a soda that has been fizzed up, right? Like, let's see. Just barely, barely. You hear that? hear that? And so, and you just like, okay, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna work. You hear that, kids? That's how you do it. That's how you take the tension down and the pressure down, right? You're like, that's how you let all, the old man show you how to do this thing, right? And then what happens? It boils up, and you're like, dang it, and you pull it over the sink, right? It's just going everywhere. Right? You know, you learn to work the cap, you learn to take the tension off. You're letting pressure off. And Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9 says, control your temper. For anger labels you a fool. Learn to let the, be a cap worker when it comes to your anger. Man, here's the deal. If you don't control your anger, your anger is going to control you. And I would much rather be in control of my anger and work the cap and work with the tension and learn how to take the tension off and learn that delay is my friend, time is my friend, Instead of allowing this and allowing my anger and allowing the frustration to make a huge mess. Because what I've realized is that one moment of anger, one moment of unchecked frustration, one moment of unchecked aggravation, 
one conversation, one verbal assault leads to many moments of regret. Some of you, you're dealing with that. You didn't learn to pay attention to the tension. You haven't learned delay. And all of a sudden, you're dealing with many moments of regret. There's hurt feelings. There's hurt emotions. There's damage control that you're trying to do because of what was done. What do you do? You learn self-control. Because one harsh moment, man, can lead to many moments of damage and cleanup. Delay, delay is a great remedy. Hear me, as your pastor, I want nothing for you but the best. Just because you think it, man, put a filter over your mouth. Those who learn to shut their mouth stay out of trouble. Filter it. What's self-control look like? What's delay look like? It means this. Before you send that text, type that text out. Read that text. Sleep on that text. Before you send that email out, type the email up. Read the email. Sleep on the email because I had one of my friends suggest this to me. He says, 99% of the time, the text I was going to send in the moment, the email I was going to send in the moment, the conversation that I was going to have, I type it up, I sleep on it, I pray on it, and 99% of the time, I delete it. Because I understand time is my ally, not my enemy. It is my friend. And as your pastor, man, I can't encourage you in anything. Man, there's going to be frustration and there's going to be aggravation in every aspect of your life. Life's going to look like this sometimes. What do you do? You've got to learn to pay attention to the tension because if you care, you'll be aware. And you learn to work that cap You learn to be great managers of the tension and the frustration. Let me leave you with this, and I close with this. It says this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and verse 29. It says, if you become angry, and you're going to get angry, and you're going to get frustrated. If you become angry, don't let your anger lead you into sin. And don't let ang- and don't stay angry all day. Don't let your anger lead you. In- anger will always lead you somewhere if you're not aware of it, right? If you're not in control of it, anger will lead you someplace you never thought you would go and you will always regret. Don't let anger lead you into sin. And if you get mad and if you get frustrated and you get irked and you get ticked, whatever you want to call it, you get angry, don't stay angry all day. I wish my mom was alive to hear that because my mom would get mad at me and three months later, she's still mad at me. I'm like, mom, you know, I'm like, I'm 40 years old. Why are you still mad at me for? Like, well, when you were 17, you did this, you idiot. I'm like, mom, right? Don't stay angry all day. But, verse 29, don't use harmful words, but only helpful words. The kind that build up and provide what is needed, so that what you say will do good to those who hear you. Let me encourage you to apply that verse, verse 29, to those that we say we love the most. To those that we say are the most important in our life. Because most of the time what I have found, those that are the closest to me and that I love the most and I say are my priority, hear my words of frustration instead of my words of encouragement. 
hear a lot of words of correction and there needs to be a time of correction, but there better be times of encouragement as well. Don't use hurtful words, even in your arguments, even in your, don't use harmful words, but only helpful words. Is it, is it true and is it encouraging, right? Is it true? Is it bringing resolve? Is it encouraging the kind that build up and provide what is needed so that you will, so that what you say will do good to those who hear you? Is what you are saying doing good to those who hear you? Because if not, you've let the tension win. Is what you're saying, is it doing good to those who hear it? Because if not, you're not paying attention to the tension. Care enough to be aware enough and learn to have self-control and learn to let time be your ally. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, I just thank you for today, and I thank you for your patience with us. And Lord, this is one of those messages I come back to, and it's like I need work on it again, and I got to work on it again, and I got to work on it again. And there's a lot of us here that, God, we need work. Because the simple truth is we haven't been paying attention to the tension. Lord, we, we, we've just been going with it, and we've been following the, we've been following the tension instead of paying attention to it. And man, tension leads to mess. Tension leads to regret. Tension leads to us being reactional instead of intentional. And so God, I pray today that we would be aware. And that in the midst of us being aware, we would be wise. Lord, that you would give us wisdom and you would give us self-control. And that, Lord, we would understand that in the process of all this tension and the feelings and the frustration, that we're, when we're in that moment and those feelings are coming up and they're going to come up, the Lord, the best remedy in that moment is delay. Is it to put it off? Is it to store it up? But it's to reflect. Is it is to take time and to not just think what we want to say, but think on what we should say because what I want to say is very different than what I should say. God, help us not to ignore it. Help us not to deny it, but help us to work it out with self-control so that we don't lose control and take it out on those that are around us the most. Lord, there's so much frustration in our world from finances to relationships to work to home. And so God, I pray that we would be good managers of ourselves and our emotions so that what we say and what we speak and how we live does good to those who hear our words and share our life with us. Lord, I love you and I thank you and I pray today that we would be doers of your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. Today, if you're here, Maybe you're here and you've just fallen away from your relationship with Jesus Christ. You're, you're here. And you don't even remember when it happened, but where you are isn't where you should be. And you know something needs to change. 
today maybe you're here and, and, and you say, I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Either way, either situation, man, this is your moment to change. This is your moment to get things right. And I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Even if you're at home today, it may feel weird, but I'm telling you, own this moment so that your relationship with Jesus Christ can be different. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. And you just lift your hand right where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. Before we go any further in service, I, I understand, man, there's some things that I need to get right. Is there anyone else? Before we go any further in service, if you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.